0: while we can see that there are situations of absolute right or wrong in life, we can't resolve conflict if someone always has to be wrong. For most of us, life resides between the two extremes. The people are really just different, not necessarily right or wrong. And if we can hear our differences, we can very often come to resolution. So as we were talking in our last podcast and... Uh, we were talking about things people do to protect themselves um, Mm -hmm. from anger. And one of the things that we had talked about was maybe talking about the degrees of anger and complements to defense mechanisms. Do you feel like taking a piece of that?
1: Yeah, um, that was brought up um, towards the end of the last time to go a little bit more into that. Mm -hmm. We've the anger has been weaved in to things that we've talked about on the other podcasts. And obviously, we've talked too about initially in communication, usually the first thing that's coming at you from somebody is some form of anger, many times, and then when the person listening to that is on the receiving end of the anger, obviously that can trigger them, right? It can mm-hmm. trigger them either into some sort of anger or defensiveness. And of course, then we've talked about how that whole thing falls apart. However, staying engaged when you validate somebody's anger and then realize, you know, okay, well, where's the anger coming from, right? And I over the years, angers always coming from some other emotion or some other, yeah, you know, emotion, trigger point, or whatever. But many times where communication breaks down is because on the surface, the anger's there. People are reacting to that, and it puts people in a place of being conflict-avoidant, right? You know, it's like, oh, I have to protect myself. Here comes this anger towards me, and I don't like it, and so I got to do my maneuvering to get out of this or move off of this and uh, that sort of spoke to one of the um, last time we were talking about those emotionally protective ways as a child that we learn you know I said four categories you can fall into and a lot of those are based upon, you know, the environment isn't emotionally safe. And for a lot of people, part of what speaks to the environment not being safe for them as kids is that it's the anger that's out there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, my parent, my dad's yelling or screaming or um, somebody's upset. And um, so want to move away from that energy, especially as a kid, because you don't have any power there, right? Yeah. You know, when you're you got that going on when somebody's really angry. So um, I think maybe on a past podcast, we sort of broke down kind of the anger elements and then also how some of them just dovetail into the defense mechanisms that we talked about. And when we talked about them, we You know, that hierarchy of anger is obviously the worst is where there's some sort of violence, right? Where people are literally getting killed and hurt, an expression of anger that plays out like that. And then the sort of descending forms of anger from, you know, physical intimidation, yelling and screaming and those sorts of things. Um, moving God, on. did we
0: have to start, though, at the absolute extreme? Can we just go from, <laughs> like, the, the smallest to the... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, that's a better way to review it, because yeah. I really hate to go to the extreme about... Oh, well, you know me. what, I, I,
1: now that you say that, remember, you know, in our, our opening all the time about, you know, our whole title here is mostly just different, and you and I can see that there is um, there is right and wrong, you know, there are things that are go to that extreme. And in the category of anger, of course, you know, physically assaulting or killing somebody, th- that that's not okay.
0: That's totally right? not
1: okay. Yeah. Right. So that's at that extreme, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're when I say we concede that, obviously we're not conceding that we'd like that to happen to people. But that's one of those where somebody's clearly taken their anger to that extreme. And obviously all the consequences that come off of that. As a result of that, <clears throat> yeah, you and I are probably, you know, when we're talking about it, yeah, you know, we're talking in these descending areas that these are areas that people can have, a, I think, a little more success in navigating through. Uh, however, it doesn't mean that you know they, they have their consequences. I mean, somebody yelling and screaming at you and berating you, especially when you're a child, it's going to have an impact on your psyche, obviously, right? And so, um, and as a child, you don't, there is no defense for you. You're just on the receiving end of that. Mm -hmm. And of course, things like um, any form of corporal punishment, right? You know, when you're being spanked or hit, uh, those kinds of things. Again, the child is fully aware that I I don't have any control here. I don't, I'm at the mercy of this, right? Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, in our descending order, we went down, you know, from our, you know, physical intimidation, those sorts of things, yelling and screaming, and then people being passive aggressive in their anger, um, which we tied into that one of the defense mechanisms, right, that ties in nicely to uh, telling people what they want to hear, right? Um, And then anger being silent anger, where you clearly know the person's upset at you, but they are not talking to you or they leave the room. Of course, that's also one of the defense mechanisms as Mm -hmm. well, right? So this whole thing about us getting into anger a little bit more is, is how can you stay engaged when that anger element is there to try and resolve something? Right?
0: Yeah, that's really important. How can you stay engaged? How can you get this person not only to calm down, but how do we put this to reap something positive out of a very negative situation?
1: Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's things that you can do on a micro level to stay engaged or to. Uh, change the scenario up a little bit so that the anger element isn't as present. And also behind the anger, like we've talked about in the past when we've talked about buttons, that's usually the driving force. And many people, like we said before, too, on your buttons that get established in childhood, they're really unaware of the buttons, you know, until you actually start to talk to them. And I know you've been in my office before, and I have these two puppets right on my wall there and stuff. And sometimes people, I don't always reference them, but sometimes to give a visual effect to clients when we're talking about um, how their buttons are, right, are driving their lives and they're not, that they don't, they're really out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pull down one of on the puppets and I'll say, well, this is how this works. You know, I, you have these buttons, I set them off, you go to autopilot and whatever you do to protect yourself and you can't stop yourself. You have zero control. It's, it happens so rapidly. It's just like all the dominoes go instantaneously. And at the beginning of it, it's, there, there's some sort of anger thing that the person's upset about about what's been said. But what we've said is anger is being driven by all these other emotions, and that's part of, you know, the defense mechanisms. So I, as I'm showing them the marionette and I'm pulling a string and I kind of go, oh, so see, all I have to do is say this to you and, and watch what happens to you. You just, all your dominoes go. Here's the angry response, whichever one it might be. And behind all that is, you know, um, the defense mechanisms uh, driving this whole thing. And you're on autopilot in that response every time. And I said, how do you like being a puppet on a string that you don't have control over yourself? And many times people, as you know, they think they are getting control through their anger. You know, like I'm going to control this situation, you know, by ramping up, you know, And they walk away, but really, you know, all they've done is well—they've made the situation worse. But they have not resolved anything. They've—they've they've been able to exit from this thing by pulling a power dynamic to their anger, right? Um, but then I show them those folks that are mostly that extreme. I said, "Wow, do you see how, you know, I can just—all I got to do is say this." You know, and watch all the dominoes fall and you can't help yourself. You're out of control. You think you're in control. You're not. You know? Okay, so
0: let's shift gears because you're talking about how you talk to the person that is getting angry or whatnot. But specifically what we said the topic was, was how to stay engaged with mm-hmm. someone that is angry. So let's shift that.
1: Right, right. Well, um, I think
0: Let's say I pulled your strings, you're getting yeah. angry. Right. How do I keep you engaged and bring that anger down a
1: little bit or Well when, we, when you and I've talked about this before is that um, and then this is kind of an assumption that you don't get uncomfortable with my response back to you right Because if I push back with some angry towards you, then you know, now we're both engaged in that.
0: And if I'm conflict-avoidant, then I'm not going to be able to do it. So if I'm going to stay engaged, I have to understand that Mm -hmm. I have to be willing not to be conflict-avoidant, that I'm going to go into some waters that are going to be muddy and might be a little bit deep.
1: Right, and and stuff that historically may have scared you, right? Mm -hmm. That elevated voices, you know, all that. And um, so, you know, ideally, so we'll just say... Uh, remember we talked about that you ideally want to, whether you're speaking or listening, you're paying attention to both the roles, right? Mm -hmm. So here you are, you communicate something to me, uh, you realize, so here comes my sort of angry response back to you. Now we're assuming you have an awareness that, oh, okay, (laughs) Uh, look what's coming back. And so you can either... If I haven't told you that I'm angry with you in my response back to you, like, or, you know, I'm so pissed off at you for what, you know, so yeah, I've communicated that, that um, the, you on the receiving end, this is going to seem so obvious. I obviously sound angry to you, so you know that I'm angry, but many times what people will say is they'll say, well, what are you so angry about? And that just infuriates the person more because, this is really weird, they <laughs> they don't like being labeled that you're pointing out that they're angry right now because what's implied in that statement is you're saying to me that I'm out of control. Indeed, <laughs> And so... So is it okay
0: for me to say, you know, I noticed that uh, your face is really red and you're raising your voice and your fingers are trembling?
1: Um, That may be a a response depending on what you're experiencing. So just, but a moment, what I just said. So what do you do with that, right? Mm -hmm. What I said a moment ago, right? What
0: are you angry about? Don't say that.
1: Don't say that.
0: So what should we say?
1: You this is what I'm saying. It sounds so simplistic. And I've had people, you know, want to discuss, get argumentative with me about this. I say, ask the open-ended question. Don't assume. Yes, they're angry. You're probably right. Ask them and say, what are you feeling right now? And let them tell you their anger. When they do that, they take ownership for that feeling. When you project it onto them, that's obvious that they're angry. You're you're not wrong; they are angry, but then they push back, right? Sometimes people will deny the anger in their pushback. I'm not angry. <laughs> they'll literally say that to you, and then you're kind of going, "What are you talking about?" You know, yeah. and 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 they'll go, and then you know the crazy stuff in that, right? Is it's like, "No, I'm not angry. You're the one that's angry," and then you're kind of going, "What?" I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're not going to go down there. No, no, no. Yeah. So um, we're going to ask the open-ended question: yeah. What are you feeling right now?
1: Right. Let them own their feeling. Let them own the anger, and then what? And however they give it to you, you use their language. If they say, "I'm just really pissed off at you," and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then when you again, when you're trying to stay engaged to you know de-escalate this thing and see what where it can go, you know, not being conflict avoidant. You use that and you say, okay, so you're really pissed at me and they'll t- probably tell you, if they haven't told you what for, then you'll ask that. But many times they will, you know, I'm pissed off at you because you just said, you know, but if they leave that out, you do follow up with another question say, so you're really pissed off at me about what well, what you just said to me, or, or they might pull something out that happened a week ago. And then, you know, you kind of, that'll drive you nuts. You're kind of going, what's, what's that got to do with right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but then, so once they give you that, then you, yeah, you follow up because what we know, anger is always attached to other feelings. So then you say, okay, you're really pissed off at me because I said this, you know, what else are you feeling? And what you'll see is when you validate the person's anger, they'll start to de escalate the energy in that anger. Okay. And this is oddly enough, you're demonstrating that I'm okay to sit in this space with your anger. Not that you like it, okay, um, that I'm not going anywhere. So I'll validate your anger and I'm following up with, well, what else are you feeling besides angry? Okay.
0: And it, is this where <clears throat> questions of clarity come in?
1: Oh yeah, you can, they potentially can. But we're just of,
0: working with the feeling right now. Right, here?
1: right you, you're just, you want to get the next attachment to what's driving the anger. Okay. You want all those out on the table and there may be more than one feeling that's driving the anger. That's the domino effect because, you know, when you see people reacting to you and, you know, I was doing that marionette, that puppet thing, it's all unconscious because deep down, whatever it is that you did that I maybe misconstrued, however you communicate it to me, it went all the way down to this button that I have and there might be, and there's feelings attached to these buttons and all those dominoes went just like that. I have to protect myself, this button got pushed, what's the first line of defense? Here comes the anger, right? That's at the top, but behind the anger what's driving it is these other feelings. And when you get the person to be able to talk about those, they start calming down, they're being heard. Now you're finding out like, okay, well, what really happened here? Um, And if they have any insight about themselves about like, okay, oh, wow, this is one of my buttons. And that's ideal that you can get people to that. But I cannot tell you how many times when I'm working with people, when I take them to the defense stuff, and I talk about, you're on autopilot. Many times for people, when I open that stuff, it's the first time that they actually see that Oh, yeah, I have these buttons. Oh, yeah, I do react from this place. Oh, you know, I didn't know that. That's how strong the autopilot's been over the years. You know, it's just just like that. Now, there's all kinds of variations about what we're <laughs> talking about here, because you were talking, you know, it, this could go different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another one. So let's say you do a good job of here comes my initial anger back to you. Uh, You go ahead and validate it and, you know, wow, you really pissed off at me for what I said. And then you ask the follow-up question, well, what else are you feeling? And this is where I tell people, sometimes people will double down on their anger because that question asking them what else they're feeling is the vulnerability question. And I don't trust being vulnerable with you or anybody else. So I'm not going to go there with you. So here we go. You ask me what else I'm feeling, you validated my anger, but I go right back to my anger and I say something to you like, um, and you're always saying this stuff to me and you're always doing this to me and stuff. So I'm still angry.
0: You're still discharging your anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, which if my second round at you might push you away, it's like, oh God, I validated the anger and shut, the person's still, you know, coming mm-hmm. at me, right? Um, you validate that and you stay engaged and you say, okay, so I'm always doing this to you, or I'm always saying this to you and you're very pissed off at me and stuff. And what else are you feeling? So again, you're holding space for this so that the person will maybe open up and will really get to, you know, what's going on now. I'm going to do a little sidebar here um, to demonstrate this. Now, and then we'll have to talk about caution, especially with men and women here. Definitely. Okay. So, um, so before O.J. Simpson did his thing, um, uh, I was I worked a lot with domestic violence. And, um, and so, um, I would get probation referrals or sometimes they would come in and mainly it was women that would come individually around their marriage. And, um, and of course, even back then, the first thing was to assess safety for the woman, just Definitely. like, you know, and, you know, do you know, have you made a 911 call, you know, da, 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 da. I'd always usually, you know, at least apprise them of what the support systems were if it got too bad, you know. Do you have people that you can go to, you know, any of that? And and so and women were in different stages because sometimes you'd have to talk about all that stuff depending on what they were reporting. But these were women that, yeah, they were in physically abusive relationships. And uh, and back then, um, I always would want to assess. Do, do you want to do anything in this or has it gotten to a place where you have to get out, you know? Um, now, many of them wanted to say, you know, no, I want to I wanna try and work through this stuff. And then, of course, what I would say, well, then your husband's got to come in. Um, I can't do anything with this if, um, you know, he's not here. Um, and so, so these guys would come in and, uh, and many times, you know, some of these guys were huge, you know, and they'd been, they'd grown up. They were big, you know, starting out as kids. So they learned to use physical intimidation. to Threats, get,
0: violence. Yep.
1: And to get control of the situation because their button got pushed and they found out that they could immediately get control of the situation. As we know, there is no control there. It's just, no, you scared the shit out of her. you've, you know, hurt somebody. And the only reason they're complying is is they're scared. You know, it's not, you know, but that's so, and I'm not a huge guy, however, so what I would do is that these guys would get fired up in there too, you know, and just like a moment ago when I was saying, you, so here you are, I'm, you know, validating the anger, the first round of it, but they're doubling down on it. You know, they're coming some more, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's all they know. Is I got to ramp this up to get control of the situation because I do not want to be vulnerable. Okay. Um, now, not all the men that have done this stuff, you know, so we talk about the extreme. Some of them, you know, their situations are way extreme. But many of them, my sense of them in working with them is like I'm talking to this little boy, is who I'm talking to. But, but it's this overwhelming, you know, physical intimidation stuff that's coming out, which you never get to get into that stuff because they've controlled the situation and, and then everybody's, you know, uh-oh, and plac- placating and all kinds of stuff. So, so this is where, where I, I, I learned a lot of this stuff. And so I realized, so it, the, the wave of anger and stuff like that, and you could even see it in their bodies and all this stuff. And, and then I'd just validate it again and I'd say, okay, so you're really incredibly, you know, pissed off about, you know, whatever and stuff like that. Go back into it, but still ask the next question about, well, what else are you feeling? Sometimes three times to get that. What would happen mm-hmm. is as they would get the sense of like, okay, this guy's staying engaged in my anger. He's not like getting freaked out or, you know, He's whatever. He's not
0: intimidated. Yeah,
1: well, He's... but they, but it, not, it wasn't, that all these guys could have chucked me right out the, <laughs> the window. <laughs> I mean, some of these guys were huge. So it wasn't like I was doing any sort of macho thing here. No, and, but here.
0: at the same time, yeah. you know, you weren't backing down.
1: Right. Well, I was I was holding the space for the anger and staying in it with them okay just validating it but still my goal was i want to get this next feeling question in because it was always followed up with that what would happen is that 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 would fall apart because you know they did anger anger maybe even a third time you know and sometimes they the physical gestures would be there too like they'd you know stand up out of the chair you know it's like well now i got to get big right um so Even with that, I I took a little bit of a chance because I was hung in their anger. And sometimes I'd have to tell them, you know, I'd say, you need to sit the fuck down and let me finish this and stuff. And they would. (laughs) They'd sit down. And then I'd ask the follow-up question, you know, like, what What else else are are you feeling and stuff? When they would finally go there... It was like watching a little boy fall apart, just these tears and just all this stuff, you know. I mean, just almost emotionally disassembled because um, their experience growing up and whatever that was and how damaging and, you know, unhealthy that was and stuff is what they learned was this is how I protect myself is to use this, go to this place. And, you know, of course, not all people that are domestic violence are huge guys, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. that can happen, you know, with somebody not as big. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but anyway, what I learned from that was it's like, okay, so this anger piece is, you know, can be so ramped up and be so protective. And yet, once you get past that, you validate that and you get into what's really going on here, okay, everything starts to calm down, you know. I mean, these guys literally calm down and stuff. Um, Now, problem, and so we're using an extreme example here, so I went sideways that way. You can't ask, say, a woman to hold that kind of space, especially when they've been on the receiving end of, you know, that kind of stuff,
0: and we're talking specifically <clears throat> once again about women that have experienced domestic violence at, mm-hmm. at you know, at their partner's
1: hand. Right, you know. and so, so clearly, that's a guy that in um, that that
0: for that group, definitely holding space is not a wise well, idea. Well,
1: it, it, it's only excuse me, it's only wise if somebody trained, but literally this guy's being worked with individually, right? Mm-hmm. That, that Okay, this stuff's got to get worked on. No, your, your, your wife isn't going to hold the space for that. No, a professional <laughs> you know, is going to hold the know, space for you. You know, and um, so, so that's just an example of the extreme, but I, I bring it up just to reference that how powerful that being able to, you know, hold that anger and then get into the next um, you know, underneath that about what's emotionally going on. Um, and so getting back to not our extreme that we were talking about, that when you're able to hold that anger space and stay engaged in it, and then ask that follow-up question, you just watch that person start to settle down. It starts to come down. You know, and now we're talking about like, okay, well, what's the real pain here, right? I and mean, you and I have talked in other podcasts about the whole thing about buttons, right? That, mm-hmm. that um, when you get into that, you know, this is what's driving people. This is what, you know, that hasn't been heard. And so um, when you're able to do that, that you don't get triggered by my anger, you know, without something that you said to me or whatever then um, we can start to move in a direction of maybe getting some resolution S- secondarily by making the the people aware of their buttons you know like, cuz like I said you know they they men- most people are unaware of them i tie it into that even the person getting angry in this example me getting angry towards you that if i have some awareness of my buttons ideally you're holding space for me. You, you validate my anger. You ask me the follow-up question about what else am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Okay. And if I'm doing any kind of work on myself, it won't be too far into what you've done holding that space that I may say to you, oh, I know what this is. This is my button, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my button. Or it um, makes me feel this
0: way, this is really touching this, or,
1: yeah. Right. And, and so um, when I have that awareness, then this whole exchange that I was having with you now comes around to, wait a minute, this is my stuff. You know, and I'm trying to, you know, ideally, I'm trying to work on that so that I'm not at the mercy of, you know, autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so now that's ideal. You get to that place, but you, you like to do that. But, but minimally. By staying with the person and asking those questions, and you know, I think we talked before is that a lot of times the partner said, "Well, how many how many feeling questions do I got to ask here?" You know, when's this thing stop? Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, and I go, "You exhaust it out." And if you think that you've you know covered it, that you've asked the next feeling question, the next feeling question. And you think, I think I'm getting all this. And if you're unsure, you just ask. You just say, is there anything else that you are feeling about this? No, That it, do you think I got it? You heard it all. Yes. Okay, well, now you know it's done. About Because each uh, button that we have, depending on what's being played off, sometimes it's only one feeling that's driving the anger. And sometimes it's a nice little cocktail of feelings that's driving the anger. It's important, though, that all the feelings come out on the table because let's say you're trying to work the thing out. And if it's a situation where, where we both got triggered, then I have to hear you as well. But if if all the feelings aren't exhausted out and at least spoken to, you'll start to move to resolution and what will happen in the resolution process is one of those feelings that I had that we didn't get out on the table... we Will come out again. we Will come up, you know. And then now people kind of go, and I said, yeah, well, then you're going to have to stop and then validate that so that you can move forward. And that's why I always say, you know, exhaust it out. Ask, you know, if there's anything else.
0: And, you know, honestly, in all fairness, you knew, uh, the, the party that's injured or is, whose button has been pushed may think that they've exhausted everything, and then in the resolution part, then they realize, mm-hmm. oh, I still ha- I'm still i carrying something, I'm still holding right. on to something. Right. And then you may need to revisit it, you know, right. you may need to re-express or express whatever it is that didn't get expressed. So, right. And that is a part of achieving yeah. resolution. So right. it's not as though you didn't do it right. right. It's more like, okay, this is something that has come up in the process of resolution, and... -hmm. Didn't anticipate it, so we're going to deal with this before we can get to
1: resolution. And and you have to—you've heard me say numerous times when I say this to uh, people—develop a spirit of generosity with your partner or whoever you're in conflict with. And what I mean by that is what you just said—that you might be feel excited about, like, "Oh wow, we're finally getting a resolution here," you know, and stuff like that. And then my my thing plays out, right? And to you're being, at that moment, when I say generosity, it's like, oh, okay, all right, well, we're going to have to step back and, all right, well, so what are you feeling here and stuff like that? And not be driven by the fact, you know, damn it, I thought we were, you know, <laughs> this resolve, <laughs> what the fuck, you know, you, you, you're tapping into this, you know, and it's like... Uh, um, maybe <laughs> that's pushing,
0: you know, <laughs> my button. Oh, my impatience. Yeah. No, what am I really feeling? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's that's yes, I think you're right on the money about that. I it, there is an impatience button, yeah, there you is. know, yeah. and um, and so that's why I'm always talking to people I say, you know, yeah, it might go a little sideways or you might have to step back. Or, um, I, I, I think before when we talked about is that so you're really hearing me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting going there and you're doing a good job of listening to me. And of course I, you know, we pay attention to both parts, but you get triggered by something that I said, this is where generosity comes in too. And, but your trigger may be really subtle. You just might've just rolled your eyes a little bit at something that I said, you know, you didn't like say anything to me. I saw it, but you've been listening to I keep going. You know, you're being quiet, right? But by the time I get done, wherever that moment happened for you, where you rolled your out, you're still there. You know, that's where you're at. And you didn't hear the rest of what I had to say. And so the generosity comes in is that when I know or see that I've lost you as my listener, I have to stop and now inquire with you and say, Isabel, What did you feel about what I just said? And then because you got triggered by something I said, and now I listen to you. Even though I was the one talking and you were hanging in here with me, you know, I could get, you know, fuck, what, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, be bothered by that, but no. And what drives me to take the time to go where you're at now is because I want you back as a listener. And if that means I got to take 10 or 15 minutes to explore with you about what happened for you... In order to, you know, get you back as a listener, then so be it. When I tell people that, is, see, they hear all this stuff, it's like, this is too much, you know, what? You know, nah, 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 you know, I go, yeah, that's the generosity, I said. And, of course, the whole purpose of this stuff when we talk about it is if you really get into the practice of it, this all gets, and I'm not trying to push it, it all gets streamlined. In other words, once it becomes a part of your person, it, it, they'll... The whole thing goes really smooth, I mean, it's just like you don't have to take really protracted time to, well, I got to ask this, I got to ask that, I got to, you know, do all that. You do in the beginning when you're trying to change.
0: And I think that's really important to talk about <coughs> is that, you know, we are talking about change, which is what we covered in our very first podcast is mm-hmm. recognizing, hey, am I willing to change? Am I willing to do things differently? <clears throat> And understanding because it is uncomfortable. It will be cumbersome mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. It won't feel really. It'll feel foreign. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll feel like you're all gawky
1: and doesn't sound sin- sincere. You know, you it's know like, and, you're just you know, you're doing st- this because the person told you to do it.
0: You're stumbling <laughs> along with it, but you know each time it's a little bit easier. The thing is to hang in there and stick with it
1: until so you get integration. See, your communication becomes a part of you. I, I may model it for you and say, this is where you want to get, but it's not you, um, imparting me into you I'm like, well, I got to do it exactly like he's doing it. No, I'm laying the groundwork for you and saying, yeah, these are your words and this is what you're asking and stuff, but your practice of it is until it becomes a part of you and then all the sincerity parts k- kick in and then it, your whole mind changes. You are hearing in a different way you naturally are responding back in a more healthy way to what's going on. You're learning how to be not conflict avoidant, you know, and that's what ultimately it is. But, yeah, it's clunky coming out, you know, the gate, especially when you're trying to learn something. And you mentioned earlier about uh, qu- this is where questions of clarity can come in, mm-hmm. is is that um, so when... You have done a good job of integrating how to communicate better and listen and stay engaged, right? So, the questions of clarity just a quick recap you know, just that they the who, what, when, where, and how come, and then always be open that at any moment in your listening to the person, you may have to stop and ask them what they're feeling right now because something's happening for them. So you start to tell me something that's going on for you and I'm doing a good job of listening to you. And here's where I'm saying that, you know, when you're first learning, you're asking a lot of, well, how did you feel about that? And how did you feel about that? You know, and all that. So you start telling me this thing that happened for you, whether it happened with me or some other part, you know, with somebody else. And as I'm listening to you and you sort of pause for a moment, you gave me a piece of information and, and maybe you're even doing a good job of telling me how you're feeling. Okay. Um, and so as I listen to you and then you pause and then I say to you, I go, oh, well, um, so where were you when this took place? You know, so you've told me this piece of information. And then you go, oh, well, I was, I was over here and stuff like that. And, and well, what happened next, you know, when you went there or, you, or this happened? Well, just by the practice of me asking you those questions of clarity to have you expand I haven't validated back to your, empathetically validated back to your feelings, okay? Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm totally listening to you because the nature of the question that I asked you tells you, it's like, he's right here with me and he's asking me to expand over here. And so I know he's listening to me. Okay. And, and so, um, I don't have to, you know, ask you, the, you know, the very next one, how'd you feel about that? And how'd you feel about this? Now, it doesn't mean that at some point in your telling me that I, I may ask you one of those questions. Okay. However, by just asking you to expand on this you know, and says, well, who was that person that you know, came in and stuff like, oh well, that was you so and so, you know I'm tuned into you because the questions are telling you that uh, he's tracking this. He's right here with me and stuff like that. And he's asking me to flesh this out a little bit more. okay. Um, and so when I was talking earlier that when you really integrate all this stuff and all the even the questions of clarity, what sounds very cumbersome at the beginning, okay, ask the person what they're feeling, ask, you know, da, 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 you know da, da, do all that stuff, is, is that, because people kind of go, how many times, I, you? you know, and, um, and then the way I introduce this stuff to people is I, I bombard them with it all and I say, D- you're not going to remember all this stuff, but I just want it in their head a little bit. And then as they get better with this stuff, I said, okay, now I'm going to, you know, here's the questions of clarity. You know, um, and so it's all this integration. It's like, just th- putting the puzzle together. Um, and you, so that's the, the part about, when we're talking about, you know, how to stay engaged and conflict avoidance and stuff, you know, all these communication things, um, the, being able to work in the questions of clarity as you're trying to stay engaged with somebody is huge with the person feeling heard you know and of course what do we do when we feel heard we chill out <laughs>
0: you know oh i'm chillaxing now yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I feel know. bad. Or... you know yeah.
1: um so i think i did this sort of <laughs> weaving thing with all this stuff where we started cuz we started with how do you stay engaged you know with uh, somebody you know that, that not to be yeah 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 not be conflict avoidant um and well Questions of clarity can come in too that, because um, I'll do this with, tell people to employ these, is um, I think off air we were talking about, so we all grew up in the environment about how anger was modeled, right? Yes. And so, um, and s- some people, their the environment they grew up in, was just a total shit show, you know, about going every which way, you know. Uh, others, it was more subdued. Um, mm-hmm. and then you even get this cultural stuff that gets thrown in there. Sometimes, well, Italians are just loud. You need to, you know, what's, what's your problem? You know, that's just how it is. That's how I grow up. This is how we talk to each other, you know? Okay. Okay. No
0: shade to Italians in any way, <laughs> shape or form folks. I just want oh, no, everybody no, but, to but, know that. But,
1: but anybody, um, that has a cultural experience where what they do is they'll, Towards their partner is like you need to just understand this that that's how you know look, come on where why well, why are you getting so bent out of shape because my voice is raised or you know whatever this is normal for me and of course you know and then, and then they they want to you know equivocate it kind of say this is angry if I go to here uh, okay. you know and so. Um, <laughs> And it's like uh, the other person on the receiving end, which had, you know, that wasn't their experience growing up about, you know, anger and stuff like that. Very much to them is that um, elevated voices means anger, Mm -hmm. right? And so as soon as they hear that, they're... they're, Elevated
0: or emphatic voices means anger to them and they want to you
1: know, withdraw. Yep. It's like, I can't hear this. This is scary now, you know, and this Mm -hmm. person's voice is elevated. And, uh, and of course you can have people having the experiences. This is that, yeah, then what reinforces elevated voices is that no, and not only did the voices get elevated, it led to things flying or, you know, maybe physical, Yeah. you know? And, um, so I can't, I can't as soon as that happens you elevate your voice i you know i got to get out of this you know we're talking about ways of protecting ourselves. well the isolated kid moves away from that stuff right Mm -hmm. we're talking about it's like uh uh-oh temperature's rising here time to exit you know get out of this and and then you have people that grew up where they all they say well my parents never fought my you know you know, there, there was you know, oh, so there's no angry in your household at all, and then nobody ever got angry. Well, I didn't see it, you know, and 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 because of that experience, and I'm not trying to you know validate that you have to be in <laughs>
0: either camp because right. it's not
1: either or. It, it, it is that um, unfortunately for them? Is that so? Anything that is animated or elevated, because that's not what they saw growing up, is. Uh Uh-oh! I don't know what to do with this because I didn't see any of this. Um, I do point out to them is that you know forms of anger that we talked about. Is some people just you know I'm not talking about how I'm feeling. uh, You know, I'm going to keep it all inside. You know, so nobody sees. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, and and if you get uh, you know parents that both are that way, like yeah, well we just. We're not going to talk about that. You know, we're not going to even bring that up. You know, um, interesting. And so, um, so th- what the kids see is like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, um, but no, the, everybody gets angry about stuff. It's there, you know. And of course, ideally, when you're talking to parents with kids, you want to model. Good conflict resolution that yeah, people get angry. you know so if mom or dad get upset with each other and stuff, and that's okay if they step out of the, you know you know they're upset, the kids, know, but they step out, maybe they go to the kitchen, maybe they go here. they're talking through maybe whatever's going on and then you know they come back out and you know maybe they have to address something to the family or whatever like that. But what the kids see is like, oh wow, when well, they were angry, we knew they were angry geez, they went off and talked to each other and they came back and, you know... Is that me or you?
0: Uh, I think it's you, Tom. We don't want that. I feel like I'm
1: in the theater now. Yeah, I
0: totally blew that one. That's okay.
1: Yeah, Um, I'll still talk to you. Yeah, I won't
0: um, give you the silent treatment. I don't know how we're going to deal with that, but we will.
1: Yeah, and so... um, that that sort of thing. What I was talking about is is, is that that's good modeling of that. Is this that the you know the kids say, oh okay, you can you can be upset. Oh, you go off and you talk about that and you come back and, and, and there's a completion to that whole event. You know, because people are aware. Okay, hey, people got upset here. Oh, they went off and talked. They came back. They said, yeah, you know, we got you know this happened. We got, but you know, this is where we're at now. And da 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 da. Oh, that's how you do that, you know. Um, Indeed, that doesn't happen that often.
0: <laughs> but you know, you want no better way than to learn it yourself and model it for your own kids, right? Right. Yeah, right. that's it. Yeah. So, have we just to round up because you know we're talking about not only the the continuum of anger, which I think we've covered, mm. um, how to stay engaged with someone who is anger. How to hold space for that person mm-hmm. without endangering yourself, correct? Mm-hmm. The things to to say to a person, apping, uh, what not to say. In other words, don't say, why are you angry? Mm-hmm. Ask, what are you feeling right now? And use their language in order to make that other person understand that you are engaged, you are hearing them you are holding their space and ask what else they are feeling until that person has managed to discharge enough where they're actually calmer mm-hmm. and identified what button it may have pushed. And then you can get to resolution.
1: Yeah, you can move to that. And, you're, and you'll see the person calming down as you mm-hmm. are validating where they're at. You'll, you'll, you'll literally see it, you'll mm-hmm. feel it. However, sometimes that, you know, that initial wave at the top And because when people are conflict avoidant, right, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's designed when I'm reacting to you nine times out of 10, my reaction to you pushes your button now, you know, and then you're now in your defense mode. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're not going to get anywhere, you know, and, uh, and, you know, another way of keeping you engaged. We talked about this before. So when, when we talked about intention, right. Mm hmm. So, you Isabel had good intention about what you were trying to say to me in your initial thing that you sent my way. I'm reacting to it, right? And and this is that speaks to intent and impact. You had good intention, but what's coming back at you is like, what, what happened to him? You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when we're talking about being grounded. You're grounded in knowing, uh, I this was good intentional. I mean, I didn't have any, I wasn't trying to you know push any buttons here, you know, get anything going. I'm good, you know. Wow, something's happening to him, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so I don't, in whatever he sent back to me, I don't have to defend myself, you know, like because a response many times is that so I send this energy back to you. And then part of your def- defense is you you want to say, hey, I was just trying to, you know, say this to you or whatever, you know. I mean, you know, like is the implication, like, God, where are you going? You know, I, mm-hmm. I had good intention, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm going to react to that because now you're making me look like I'm stupid. So, you know. Um, so you don't even have to say those words to me. You're grounded in your tension intention, and so you just, hey Tom, what are you feeling right now? You know, um, I I don't have to defend how I was speaking to him. He, he's reacting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, and so, because sometimes people feel that they have to put out their, you know, defend their intention, which it doesn't go very well because I'm already triggered and down my road and stuff. And, and and then, of course, as you do that, like I said, now you've pushed another button, uh, you know, an inadequacy button towards me. And it's like, oh, well now you're implying I'm stupid because I didn't get your intention, you know. Okay, um,
0: so it's really important if you're going to stay engaged with an angry person is that you be grounded.
1: Yeah, as best so you can be. that's
0: something that's, yeah, okay, really yeah. important to remember.
1: And you also know that you're recognizing that a button got pushed for me. You didn't cause it right
0: didn't create it yeah Yeah.
1: and so that helps you be grounded to Mm -hmm. stay through what's going on you also remember we talked about you also know okay i know anger is attached to other feelings i'm getting angry he's sending angry to me you know let me find out you know what else is going on here you know and that's those are all things to help you be grounded when somebody's upset. You know? so well.
0: It sounds like a good list I can put together for people to refer to when they after they listen this to this podcast. Mm-hmm. How when how to stay engaged with angry people and mm-hmm. talking a little bit about the continuum of anger. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, just
1: this? you know, the, obviously the other underlying thing is is that. It's, yes, we're giving people ways of how you can stay engaged. You still, as an individual, have to possibly work through about the whole thing for yourself about, you know, what was anger like for you growing up and, and all that, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, that obviously helps too, is, is that you getting more comfortable, and I'm using that word loosely about, you know, when people get upset, but obviously somebody being angry at you can trigger you, right? And mm-hmm. so you have to have done some of that work too on yourself about mm-hmm. not getting triggered by anger, right? When somebody's sending that. Be aware of your
0: own buttons, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, at, how is it, doesn't it happen that we know each other's, in a relationship we know each other's buttons so well
1: oh, and we yeah. just
0: set them off without even thinking about it? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's that that whole thing, and uh, yeah, it's it's not. We're trying to be simple about it, about what to tell people. It's it's. I don't think it's complicated. I think people understand all this. The the awareness and implementation, you know, to for yourself, that's really the challenge. You know, mm-hmm. to okay, I got to look at myself. Okay, I want to do this differently. I want to, you know, um, and. And also, too, we've said before, too, you can tell people, too, it, when you're first talking to them, if you're trying to work something out, tell them your intention up front mm-hmm. so that you can maybe minimize this reaction that they have, that their defenses come down. Hey, I want to work this out with you. That's how come I'm bringing it up. You might have to say, yeah, this might be a tough conversation. So that's another grounding point. You know, um, If I'm hearing you say that to me before we begin, Mm -hmm. You know, then I'm kind of going, oh, wow, she wants to work this out with me. So it's not going to set up any abandonment issues for me, that button or anything like that. Like, because sometimes we just launch into something, then part of the button might be, oh, this person is saying something to me and gee, they're having an issue with me. Ooh, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, so.
0: So it sounds like these last little snippets of wisdom that you have is the importance of being grounded, not to defend your intention, just mm-hmm. and that's a part of being grounded, mm-hmm. being aware of your own buttons, it's really mm-hmm. important. And make sure to tell the angry person about your intention, that you really want to work this out and that you realize that it might be uncomfortable. I think that, that's an interesting word. Um, that almost sounds clinical. This may be difficult. Well, yeah,
1: you say difficult. This is gonna. It might be a hard conversation for us to have. It doesn't make any difference what you know that you're. You're basically telling them that yeah, I I realize we. You know that this isn't going to be an easy conversation. Maybe that's you know this isn't going to be probably an easy conversation. However, I want to be resolved about it. Mm -hmm. So it already puts in there that there's going to be bumpy parts in this conversation and it's it's amazing sometimes when you sort of predict how it's going to go onto the situation then it doesn't go so much that way it's you know um it, people tend to i don't know rise to the occasion in a way of like okay Wow. Yeah, I don't have to ramp my crap up here and stuff like that. Yeah, this was going to be a difficult conversation, and even if I do ramp up a little bit, it's okay because we already said it could go that way.
0: There you, you go. Know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and the most important thing is not to be fearful. Know that this will be uncomfortable, but yeah, you will get through this. That's mm-hmm. the important part. Yeah. Sometimes it's really hard to remember that when you're in the middle of it. Oh yeah,
1: ab- absolutely. That's where you know, like that's where awareness comes in. You know, as you're paying attention to yourself. It's like. Yeah, we're so autopilot. This stuff has been ingrained since we were kids. You know about how to protect, how to ooh get away. You know, survive emotionally, survive.
0: I also mm. want to mention this because I think it's really important that people uh, know that it's okay to step back for a couple of minutes. Maybe things are getting a little heated and you feel like you're losing your being grounded and whatnot and you just need a moment to regain your composure, it's totally okay to have a timeout. Yep. You know? Yep. I don't know if we want to give it a different word or a different phrase, but to me, timeout works really well. Yeah. For some people that may indicate, oh, I'm not a kid, I don't need a timeout, but... I think everybody needs to have a moment of respite, if you
1: will. I think, I I don't know, in one of our earlier podcasts we went over this, and I'm glad you brought it up again because, yes, this is another piece, is that it's absolutely okay to for somebody that between the, the two parties that really is aware that my emotions are running pretty hot here and stuff like that, and I know we're trying to do this, to ask for, you know, and this is how you ask, because then you get really good follow through. So if I'm the one that's, my emotions are running pretty hot, and you're you're having an intention like, well, come on, let's try and work this out, stuff like that. Then I say to you, you know, um, I'm just too wor- you know I'll just you know I'm, I'm just really worked up right now about all this and stuff like that, and I don't know that I do a good job of being able to hear you. I'm wondering, can we talk about this? And this is where I tell people to be very specific about when you're coming back. Don't say talk later or tomorrow. you know, it's too vague. You literally put out there and you say, can we talk about this at seven o'clock this evening and say this exchange happened in the morning, you know, and, and you, and, and I say, can we talk about this at seven o'clock? I really want to hear what you have to say. I want you to be able to hear me. Mm-hmm. And so can we have this conversation at, you know, seven o'clock and you go, yeah, okay. Seven o'clock's good. Now I point out to people, and so I'm not going to test you, but I'll just sort of because I ask them and I tell them this is no test, what I just said, what was the most important component that maybe made that happen that we're going to talk at seven?
0: You asked
1: right, and what else and well, I'm not trying to about,
0: say, well, you're grounded you you say you know I'm feeling like. I'm charged, and you know all, you're taking ownership. You're taking responsibility. All, for it. all
1: those all those components are there, but to to really have you get on board with my seven o'clock meeting, what was one of the things I said? Again, I'm not going to belabor this. Okay, you
0: are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
1: so I tell people I really want to hear what you have to say. Okay. All right. <clears throat> And I can do a good job of listening to you. Can you know if we can do this at seven o'clock? That's what seals the deal for you to say seven works. He just told me he really wants to hear what I have to say. Okay, and he can best do that. I want that listener. Yeah, seven o'clock's fine, you know. Um, I also point out that the person asking for that space, that happens at 7 o'clock, not 7.15, okay? If you have to come to remind me that we were going to talk at 7 o'clock, oh boy, we're back into, you know, oh, wow, that was just said in the morning just so, you know, we can get away from this whole thing. And here I am having to come find you to, you know, I thought we were going to talk at 7 o'clock, okay? Okay. and so that's what makes that deal go, because I tell people, you know, she wanted to talk to you about something to get it resolved. You were too hot to deal with it. You asked for this, you know, space, mm-hmm. right? In asking for it, I really want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um And so um, then people are like, no problem. In fact, you can go the rest of the day and you guys got, you're interacting, you'll you'll have fun with each other, you'll do everything because you know that this thing's going to get addressed at seven o'clock. Okay. Now, obviously that follow through has to happen. Yeah. Uh,
0: Follow through is so important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so what you brought up earlier is, yeah, yes, you can, you can have somebody a little too hot and they know they're a little too hot. They can't do it right now, right? And uh, because that's classic when you have the people that can process when it's happening. There's people like that and then people have to digest and take some space. What many times blows that out sometimes is that the person that wants to talk at the time, this is where impatience comes in too, is, is that the... You know, well, we're in it. It's like, well, come on, come on. And the person's like, you know, no, no, not you know, not right now. Well, they, they, well, come on, come on. And then this person does blow, right? <laughs> and then, <laughs> yes. and then, um, and it's like, I can't talk right now. Just stop it, you know. And um, and so, um, and, and then, of course, you, if you get into the person that wants to process right now and stuff like that. Many of the reasons that that they're they're on that is because they're impatient, because they're so emotionally unsettled that what makes them be okay is like, no 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 we got to do it. no no we have to talk about this now. I'm I, I'm all churned up. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
0: that will happen. Yeah. So we talked about timeouts, the importance of timeouts, and making certain that. You say, I really want to hear what you have to say. You have to set a definite time. I'm going to say a definite place, too.
1: Because, oh, you know, well, you funny. may not want
0: to do this in a restaurant, you know, that Oh, well, thing. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But, you know, yeah.
0: And keep your, 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 to your appointment or your time. Don't be late. You know, follow through is really important.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, I, if I asked for seven, then I'm, you know, I'm right there. I'm saying, hey, Isabel, seven. Can we sit down and talk? You know. I'm so ready, yes. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
0: you know. So I have everything I want to say to you. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to say about this subject? Because this sounds like it's a really good discussion.
1: Yeah. No, um, I'm sure there probably is some stuff, but not, nothing's coming to mind right now. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, Tom, this was great talking with you. Yeah. Okay. Shall we do it again?
1: As long as it's fun, right? Are, are yeah. you having fun? <laughs> yeah. I think I woke up finally. <laughs> I good, good. I didn't
0: I didn't see too much lag and you know, I didn't hear yeah. too much lag, so that's yeah. that works for me. Yeah. Okay then. All right. Bye bye. All right. Guess what, listeners? Your views are really important to us, and we would love to hear from you. So there are two ways to reach us. If you have questions or comments, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future show, you can either send us an email at imjdpodpod@gmail.com P-O-D, at gmail.com, or give us a call at 650-319-6848, just to let you know, if you can keep your message about a minute long, we'd really appreciate it, just like we'd really appreciate to hear from you. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can follow us on Facebook, so you'll never miss an article or episode. Thanks, everyone, and I hope we hear from you soon. This podcast and website represents the opinions of Tom and Isabel and their guests to the show on the website. The content here should not be taken as professional advice. The content here is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast and the website are our own. And while we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Privacy is important to us. When anecdotal examples are used, names and identities are not disclosed to protect confidentiality. This website or this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapeutic relationship. Lastly, if you find any errors in, in the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through our website, I mjdpod.com.